this unprecedented season has left us with some deep questions. We're all asking some pretty serious questions in this season. Something like, is this it? Or is there more to life than this? Or is this all there is? Or is this how it all ends? Those are some pretty deep and existential questions that we didn't have time to answer a month and a half to two months ago because we were really busy. Because baseball and softball and soccer season were just starting up. Because we had places to go. We had things to do. That was back, hey, remember? That was back when we combed our hair and wore something besides sweatpants. Like, just confess to yourself or to others around you at home, how many days in a row have you worn sweatpants? Right? We, di we didn't have time when we were busy for existential questions or watching Tiger King. We had more important things to do. I don't know what you've watched. We've just about just watched all the free movies we can. We've been cheap, so we try to find all the free movies we can on on-demand. And we got so desperate last weekend, we found free on-demand the first few seasons of ALF. Yeah, we introduced our two youngest sons to ALF. So, hey, listen, if you're watching along, whether it's on uh, Facebook or on our website, and there's a place to comment there, just kind of leave a comment right now for everybody watching. Like, what's the most bizarre thing you have watched during quarantine? And, and just let us know. It may not be helpful, but it'll at least be funny, right? Because we've all maxed out how many things we can watch on television for sure in this season. But we're asking some pretty deep questions because we've got time to do some things that we never did before. And the, one of the questions is, is all that there is, what we can see and what we experience here in this world, this world that has so much hurt and brokenness and so much pain, this world with economies that crash, this world with cancer, this world with heartache and heartbreak and relationships, this world with tragedies like tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes, and especially this world where so many are dying, literally thousands from COVID-19, a virus that has put our world on lockdown. And it's a valid question and a valid point to just wonder, is this all there is? In this season, we're looking for some meaning. We're looking for some purpose. We're looking for some hope. And we're all asking this question, is this, is this it? Is there more than this? <clears throat> so we all want some encouragement in this season, and we're looking for it in many ways. And <clears throat> excuse me, there are a lot of places to look. And maybe you've gone to your bookshelf and even grabbed off a few books that have inspired you in the past or that you hope might inspire you or give meaning to all this that we're going through. Here's a few that are from my bookshelf. This is an old classic. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. Maybe you've read it. It's been around a while. It's by a man named Viktor Frankl who spent three years in Auschwitz in a Nazi prison and lived to tell about it, and it's about the meaning he found in his struggle. That's certainly a struggle that is far worse than what a lot of us are going through. Or maybe, here's another one on my bookshelf that you might have one of Andy Andrews' book. This is called The Traveler's Gift. He writes inspirational stories about really how to be a better you and a better self. Seven decisions 
that determine personal success. And maybe this is a season that you make some new decisions. Stride Toward Freedom is a book by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. about the Montgomery story. It tells about arrest and imprisonment. It tells about his fight for freedom in the midst of extreme struggle and opposition. And a lot of us are going through struggle right now. That might be someone we could learn from. Here's one of my favorites. It's called The Energy Bus by John Gordon. And we're certainly looking for positivity in this season. Ten rules to fuel your life, work, and team with positive energy. And we need positive energy now, maybe more than ever. And then finally, another one is a book I read a couple of years ago, Capital Gains by Chip Gaines with uh, Magnolia Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Ever, because I love them, and I love his subtitle, Smart Things I Learned Doing Stupid Things, Doing Stupid Stuff. And maybe you've done some stupid stuff that you've learned some smart things from. So maybe you've picked up a book. If you have picked up one that's been powerful for you, that's given you some meaning, that's inspired you in the season, feel free to share it with us and let us know. There might be somebody else that might want to pick it up. And this is kind of natural for us in this season. Our self needs help. We need encouragement. We need inspiration. And my hunch is that oftentimes we pick up the Bible in kind of the same way, in kind of the same tone. We open its pages and we're looking for encouragement. We're looking for some inspiration. We're we're looking for it to hopefully make us feel better in a season when things just aren't quite right, right now. And maybe if you're new to the Christian faith and you're watching today, and if that's so, I'm so glad. Thank you for tuning in on an Easter Sunday morning and for allowing us into your home and into your life where you are. Maybe that's what you have always thought Christianity was about, that it was about really just this book making you feel better and making your life better and giving you some encouragement and inspiration. Maybe that's what you kind of thought religion in general is about. Maybe that's why you've opened up a Bible recently. In fact, I I just have a hunch that right now over the last month that more Bibles have been opened than ever before. Because I think that perhaps you opened your Bible for the first time in a long time looking for inspiration, looking for encouragement. And I just want to tell you that I absolutely believe that the Bible offers encouragement. And I believe that the Bible offers inspiration. But that isn't the most profound message of the Bible. It's way more powerful and way more meaningful. And the message of this book hits a crescendo in the story of Easter. Easter answers the questions that we're asking that no other book does, that no other faith offers. And it gives us the hope that we're yearning for in this season more than ever. In fact, Easter encourages us and lays out in whom we should put our hope and faith. And that's really important in this kind of time that we're in right now. Because we're all looking for hope and faith, and there's a lot of hope and faith going around, but I'm just not sure it's all helpful. Let me explain. I'm hearing this a lot. I'm hearing things like, I hope it works out. I have faith things will get better. I have faith something good will come from this. I hope this ends soon. Have you heard people say something like that? Have you heard people kind of 
kind of talk about that and, and say that, but the, here's the problem with that thinking. Someone is going to hope it works out and still lose their job. Someone is going to have faith that things will get better, but they won't get better enough in the economy, and it's going to eat into their retirement, and they're going to have to go back to work in their 70s just to get by. Someone is going to have faith that something good will come from this, and they're going to have a loved one die of the coronavirus, and their family is going to be changed forever. And somebody's going to hope this ends soon, but it's not going to end soon enough to save their small business. Hey, listen, just level with me for a minute. Right there in your homes. Have you ever had something that you hoped for that didn't happen? Of course you have. We've all had that experience because hope doesn't always change things. I like to say hope is not a strategy. Right now, what are we having hope and what are we having faith in? Now, I know what all the Christians are going to say. Oh, I've got hope in God. Oh, I've got hope in Jesus. And that's great. But is that the promise of God? Is that the promises of the Scripture? Is that the promise of Easter? That if you believe in God, that everything will be okay? And that if you trust in Jesus, that it'll all work out? Well, that's certainly not the promise of God. And it's definitely not the promise of Easter, which is the very foundation of the Christian faith. Easter is not about fixing all our problems. Easter is about God solving the one problem that we could never fix. Well, it's sort of two problems in one. Sin and death. Sin that came into the world because of death and death that came into the world through sin if you're new to faith and you're watching <clears throat> i want you to know that christianity is not just about a book of rules for you to follow and it is not just about making your life better christianity was born on the eyewitness accounts of a supernatural event that jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus was crucified, and on the very first Easter, he physically and literally rose from the dead. And every person, every single person that saw him and that wrote an account of that down that's in the Bible, they were imprisoned for that, they were beaten for that, they were ostracized for that, they were exiled for that, and every single one of them that gave that account that is in the New Testament today gave their lives for it. They were killed for it because they weren't trying to start a new religion. They were documenting what they had seen with their own two eyes. On this event, the Christian faith hinges. It's all that matters. And we believe that because he is risen, there are implications for us. And here's this implication. Real hope. Real hope. You see, our hope isn't that life gets better. Our hope is that death isn't forever. Did you hear me? Our hope isn't that life gets better. Our hope is that death isn't forever. 
Maybe someone to you, if you're kind of new to faith and you're kind of new to Christianity, maybe someone to you has peddled to you a form of Christianity that just says, if you just trust in Jesus, everything will work out and it will all be okay. And you tried that and your dad still left your mom or your sister still died of cancer or you still didn't get into the school that you wanted to get into or you still got laid off. And that's because that's never what our hope was about anyway. Our hope isn't that life gets better. Our hope is that death isn't forever. That's the story of Easter. And on the very first Easter Sunday morning, when three women went to the tomb, well, they just had hope in one thing. Their hope was, I hope somebody's there to help us move this stone. That was literally it. As they were walking to the tomb, they looked at one another and they asked this question. They said, hey, gals, how are we going to get this stone to move? Who's going to move it? It was huge, very large. They knew that they couldn't do it. They were doing what good friends do. They were going to care for a dead body. And their only problem that they had to figure out how to solve was just how to get the stone out of the way so they could do what they came to do. But when they got to the tomb... They were in for quite a surprise. I want to read this morning from the Gospel of Luke. <clears throat> Luke, is fitting in this season, was a doctor. And this is his account of what happened in the story of the very first Easter. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And so the first thing they noticed is that they saw the stone was rolled away, they're like, great, somebody did it for us. Maybe one of the other guys, or maybe a couple of them came, and they're helping out, but when they go, they didn't find the body. Okay, now what do you think they thought at that point? Now let's don't, you know, but just to be real, if you went to care for a loved one or a friend's body, and the body wasn't there, what would you think? Someone took the body, right? You would not think, oh, well, maybe they resurrected because it's kind of a proven fact that dead people stay dead. That's kind of the deal with death. You're done. But then it says this. While they were wondering about this, they were wondering, what happened? Where's this body? Who took it? What's going on? Suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? And you could just almost hear them say, come again, what? The living? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Risen? And then they say, remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered. And these angels quote Jesus. Must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. What he had predicted had come true. A short time after that, the women didn't just have to take the words of these two angelic beings that told them the news. They saw Jesus with their own two eyes. And Jesus told them to go back to his disciples and give them a message. And so the women head back to the 11 disciples to share a message 
that no one had ever spoken before and proclaimed for the very first time. He is risen. And for thousands of years since then, pastors have stood up in front of their congregations on Easter Sunday and they've claimed that message. He is risen. And the people traditionally respond, he is risen indeed. So why don't you and I just try it together? He is risen. Let's try it one more time. Say it loud with meaning right there in your living room. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Later, the 11 figured out that the women weren't just spreading a hoax. They saw him for themselves. And 500 of his followers saw him. It was real. And it changed everything. It changed the world. See, it turns out that the answer was no. Do you remember the question we were asking? Do you remember it? The question was, is this it? No, this isn't it. It turns out there's more. Easter is the hope we need in our world now more than ever. Are you like me? You've been reminded of your own mortality. Every time you see the news and you see someone your age has died from COVID-19. Are you like me and you're reminded of your own fragileness? When you hear of someone losing a job and you think about what would happen to your family if you lost one paycheck or two? I want you to know something. I wish I could promise you this Easter that it'll all work out. I wish I could tell you that everything's going to be okay. I wish I could tell you that. I wish I could tell you that if you put your faith in God, you won't lose your job or close your business. And I wish I could tell you that if you trust in Jesus, you won't get the coronavirus and die. But our promise is so much better. We don't just put our hopes in hope. What I can promise you is that death doesn't win. Because our hope isn't that life gets better. Our hope is that death isn't forever. That's what we trust in. That's what we hope in. Christianity is about an eternity-changing resurrection. But somehow, we turned it into a self-help religion. And we put it on the same mental shelf in our head that we've got all the other inspirational things and all the other encouraging ideas in our lives. And you want it to help, but sometimes it doesn't always seem like it does. And someone might have told you that, if you, that everything will be okay if you just read this book or if you just trust in God, but you've had an experience where maybe things weren't okay. I want to tell you something. I 100% believe that your life will be better if you follow Jesus. I think your marriage will be better. I think your attitude will be better. I think your relationships will be better. But if that's all you think Christianity is, you're asking the wrong question, and you're putting your hope in the wrong thing. We're not the first one to do it. It turns out that right after Jesus died, 
people were already beginning to ask the wrong questions. 25 years after those women came to the tomb, there were already people who were saying that Jesus didn't really rise from the dead, while people who had seen him were still alive. And they were saying, well, even if he did, it didn't matter anything. The resurrection didn't prove anything. And I want you to hear what the Apostle Paul says about why Easter is all that matters and it gives us the only hope that means anything in the long run. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep or died, is what he means by that, in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If only for this life we have hope, we are to be pitied. If you want this to be a self-help book, Paul says, there are no promises. If you want this book to tell you a story that everything's going to be okay and that it's all going to work out, then you're looking in the wrong direction. Paul says that pity you if our hope is just in this life. And then listen to this. Paul pulls back the curtain on the cosmos and explains the power of the resurrection of Jesus. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. The dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. Then, the saying that is written will come true. Then it will come true. It might not come true in this life. Do you understand what Paul's saying? It might not be okay in this life. You might not get all your hopes and dreams. But Paul says, then the saying that is written, trust me, it will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. But thanks be to God, he gives victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot promise you that everything will be okay or that you'll come out of this season unscathed. I cannot promise you that you won't get sick or that you won't be impacted financially. I cannot promise you that it will be easy. But I can promise you this, that you are not stuck in your sin and you are not done at death. The hope of Easter is that forgiveness is found and death is defeated. That's the promise. That's the hope of Easter. That forgiveness is found and death is defeated. The resurrection of Jesus proved once and for all that sin doesn't win. That forgiveness is found in Jesus no matter what you've done, no matter your past, no matter your mistakes, no matter how you've messed up, and no matter what you've done in secret and quarantine that nobody knows about. Forgiveness is found in Jesus. The resurrection proves that this world doesn't get the final say. 
Death doesn't get the final say, and the coronavirus doesn't get the final say. The resurrection of Jesus proves that death is finally defeated in Jesus. The promise of God is not that things will just get better or things will be okay or just read this book and you'll have some encouragement. You might be encouraged, but the only thing that we can put our hope in is that our forgiveness is found in the risen Jesus and death is defeated in the risen Jesus. Friends, that's good news that you can't get in any other book or any other religion. And it's the good news that our world needs now more than ever because it's the only news that matters in the face of our own mortality which we've all stared in the mirror every single morning for the last month if this thing gets me it won't get me in the end isn't that a good promise you know I've I've said this before and, and I'm finding something that I can't be quarantined from my own sin what about you? <laughs> I'm finding that even though I can lock myself in my house away from the world, as we've all been doing for the last few weeks, I can't hide from my own sin. I can't hide from my own selfishness and my own stubbornness and the own thoughts I have that aren't of God or, or the, the attitudes that aren't of God. It turns out it wasn't the world, it was me. Have you found the same thing? That even when you haven't been outside the world, there's still something broken in you? Thanks be to God that forgiveness is still found in Jesus and forgiveness finds me even in my isolation. And thanks be to God that when they put me in the grave, and they will one day, that one day the final trumpet will sound and my tombstone will roll away just like his <laughs> and death will be defeated in my life because the resurrection gives me victory over death in Jesus, by Jesus, because of Jesus. So I'm going to stay in Jesus. That is the power of the resurrection. That is the hope and the promise of Easter. But I want you to know something. The good news today is you don't have to wait to be resurrected. You don't have to wait to the last trumpet. That same resurrection power can bring new life to the parts of your heart where sin has caused death in the darkest corners of your soul. If your marriage or your family or your relationships feel dead, I just want you to cling to the truth that He has risen in your marriage and He has risen in your relationships. He has risen in your family. If addiction and habits have left parts of your life feeling dead, I just want you to cling to the truth that He has risen in my addictions, that He has defeated my sin. If your faith feels dry, like you're in a parched desert land in this season, I want you to cling to the truth that He has risen in my faith. 
If you feel like you've lost your purpose and lost your way and you're just grappling in the darkness, I just want you to cling to the truth that he has risen in your purpose. And most of all, if you feel like just in your life, you are dead. That there is breath in your lungs, but emptiness in your soul. I want you to cling to the truth that he is risen in your life. You can have that resurrection power. You don't have to wait until the last trumpet to become the brand new resurrected you. All you have to do is come in faith and hope and simply believe in the King of Kings the Lord of Lords, the resurrected Son of God. To proclaim against death and darkness the one phrase that causes the shadows to flee. He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. Would you say that with me? He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. Say it one more time. He is risen. He is risen in me indeed. Heavenly Father, Lord, forgive us when we just think that this is just about self-help and inspiration and encouragement. Lord, our self is helped. We are encouraged. We are inspired when we read your word. But Lord, let us never forget that our hope is a hope that transcends this life. That the problem in our heart that we can't even escape in quarantine, our own sin and brokenness, that our hope is that forgiveness is found in the risen Jesus. And thank you, God, that we are forgiven and changed forever, that our sin does not define us or decide who we are going to become, that you are. And God, thank you for the hope that we have. The hope that we have found life in the midst of death, victory over death. And remind us, God, that no matter what this world does to us, no matter what this world takes from us, no matter how we suffer, no matter how we struggle, that death doesn't get the final word, that death has no sting, that the victory belongs to you, Lord. And Father God, my prayer is for my brothers and sisters who are sitting in their homes right now, that they would not wait to become the new resurrected you that they would not wait to become who you have created them to be and that the shackles of sin would be left behind and that the parts of their life that are dry and dead would be rebirthed to new life in a season that we never expected and in a way that we never dreamed. We ask this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, the risen one. Amen.